Orlando Makes Me Smile. News from the world's vacation capital. Hi there, my name is Mariana Evanstein, and I'd like to invite you to travel back in time with me through Central Florida. Almost exactly 500 years ago, on April 2nd, 1513, the Spanish explorer Ponce de Leon and his crew of three ships landed on the east coast of Florida. Back then, the peninsula was covered with swamps and dense jungles. The original vegetation is preserved and can be enjoyed today at the Forever Florida Eco Ranch, located south of Orlando. Matt Duda takes visitors on eco safaris there. This area here was home to the Illaha Indians. Just gorgeous areas that are going to range from your wetter spots like the marsh and the swampy areas through to the Bull Creek floodplain. Very exotic looking, dense forested areas. But then out into the more wider, more open pine flatwoods, it's a very wide and varied landscape that covers this entire place. Despite the exotic landscape and pleasant climate, it took another 300 years before the first settlers came to the region now known worldwide as the vacation capital Orlando. Michael Perkins from the Orange County Regional History Center explains. The first white settler to move to the area was named Aaron Jernigan. He moved here in the 1840s. He brought cattle and he created a very large settlement, owned thousands of acres. A small army fort was built near where he lived not long after, and the area just began to be referred to as Jernigan. Along with cattle ranching, citrus farming developed into a second major economic driver in the region. Even to this day, widespread orange groves can be found all around Orlando. One of them is Showcase of Citrus, owned by citrus farmer John Arnold. We grow over 50 varieties of citrus. Our guests are able to walk out through the orchards and groves and pick and select citrus amongst hundreds of thousands of other oranges and tangerines, grapefruit, lemons, limes, uh, lots of different varieties of citrus that people can enjoy. To transport the region's agricultural products, a railroad line was built, which was soon used for passenger trains as well. The legendary deluxe passenger train, the Orange Blossom Special, was among those that stopped right in the middle of downtown Orlando, says curator Michael Perkins. We have, as a matter of fact, Church Street Station. It's just a great reminder of how important the train is, and it, it's been kept up, and it still looks pretty much just like it did when it was used back in the very early part of the 1900s. So it's a wonderful piece to see. The trains also brought wealthy merchants from the chilly north to central Florida, where they could escape the harsh winters and enjoy sunshine and mild temperatures. In the late 1800s, they founded the resort town of Winter Park, just north of Orlando. The town boasts many historic buildings, says Randy Knowles, publisher of Winter Park magazine. The entire downtown area is a designated historic district. Many of the buildings are from the turn of the century. The buildings along Park Avenue are mostly older, and most of the homes close to Winter Park are old. The architecture is very traditional, mostly. It just gives the impression of being maybe in the 20s or 30s. A Winter Park tradition is the scenic boat tour, one of the area's first tourist attractions. Since 1938, visitors have been enjoying the romantic cruise through Winter Park's lakes and canals. This is Lake Osceola, named after the famous Seminole Indian leader. Had his camp over here on the edge of the lake, and that would have been in the mid-1800s. Captain Dan Lancaster is a skipper on this boat trip, and narrates the tour much like it was done years ago. The Winter Park Scenic Boat Tour has been in operation since 1938, and from what I understand, it's been the longest-running attraction in Central Florida, continuous operating in Central Florida. Following the earliest tourist attractions came the first theme parks, 
The oldest park in Orlando is the alligator attraction Gatorland. Despite being in close proximity with alligators, veteran Tim Williams' passion for working with these reptiles has never wavered. We、uh, started in 1949. We like to tell everyone that we're 25 BD. That's 25 years before Disney. We have、uh, almost 2,000 alligators, several hundred crocodiles, and I had a gentleman and his wife in here one day, and he said.、Uh, I've been to all the other parks. Every place we've been, everything ran on an electrical impulse, and everything in your park runs on a heartbeat. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful way of describing what Gatorland is. Along with becoming a center for tourism and agriculture, Central Florida also developed into America's space exploration center. The first space launches, missions to the moon, and space shuttle flights all took off from Cape Canaveral, located about an hour outside of Orlando. At the Kennedy Space Center visitor complex, astronauts like John McBride give visitors a taste of what those missions were really like. Normally, we'll take you out and show you the、uh, administrative buildings here at Kennedy, and of course, go by the vertical assembly building where we put all these rockets together with their tanks and boosters, and then take you out for a quick look at the launch pads, and then over to the、uh, Apollo Saturn Center where there's a full-scale Apollo Saturn V on display for you to. Spend time there, and during the、uh, entry process, you can go through the firing room where we launch these rockets. It's、uh, the same firing room that was here for the real purpose. The most significant step for Orlando's growth into a worldwide vacation capital took place in the 1960s with a visit by Walt Disney. During a flight over the vast swamplands, the creator of Mickey Mouse decided that this was where his dream of Walt Disney World should become a reality. The region's climate was what convinced him, recalls Disney's former press officer Charles Ridgway. One of the reasons I selected this site was that we could support a jungle cruise area with live plants. This was about as far north as we could go and still have what Walt wanted in the way of outdoor attractions. The Magic Kingdom in the beginning had about 20 or 21 attractions. The first year became so overcrowded that we had to start building as quickly as we could, and so we. Started work on Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Tomorrowland area was greatly expanded with Space Mountain and so forth. All of these attractions delight young and old alike, even today. The opening of the Magic Kingdom in 1971 was an exciting day for Orlando. Remembers TV personality David Marsh. It was very exciting. I can remember the line, people waiting in their cars to get into the park. It was something like 20 miles long, and there was only one park, and that was the Magic Kingdom. It was. One entrance to get in. Now they have all four parks out there. It has been a tremendous growth, not only with Disney but all the other attractions as well. Sea World Orlando, Universal Orlando Resort, Legoland Florida, more than 100 theme parks and attractions have since opened all around Orlando. Without Walt Disney, this area would have never developed to such an extent. Insists his former employee Charles Ridgway. The obvious effect that Disney World had was on the tourism industry. We went from 5,000 hotel rooms in the area in 1971 to well over 100,000 rooms today. Today, Orlando is the number one travel destination in the U.S., with more than 55 million visitors a year, and the growth is set to continue, says Danielle Courtney, chief marketing officer of Visit Orlando. I don't know that we'll have those jumps as big, but we'll continue to grow. Air service is continuing to grow. Accessibility. New hotels, new attractions—great reasons to come back. Orlando makes me smile. For more information, go to visitorlando.com.